and welcome back to Vaco Soundbites, kindly supported by the Radcliffe Trust. As you may have gathered, we had some technical problems regarding this episode when the master recording failed and our backup recording wasn't much better. But the good news is that we've managed to sprinkle some fairy dust on those files and look forward to sharing this interview we recorded with Andres Yowry back in February as an Easter weekend treat. You might be wondering why it's only my dulcet tones you can currently hear, but I'm letting Peter recover from the Easter course this week that I unfortunately missed due to finally contracting COVID after two years. But do not fear, Peter is here and is the man asking the questions as we head straight into the interview right now. Enjoy. Well, hello. Uh, We're joined today by Andres Yauri. It's lovely to see you. Thank you very much for joining us. Andres is a, a bassoonist uh, from Venezuela, and we're, we're, we're fascinated to, to hear a little bit about, about your story, Andres, and how you've come through the music system in Venezuela, and what you're doing now, because uh, uh, you've got quite a, a, quite a varied career um, at the moment, and um, I, I think it's fair to say the pandemic hit kind of just at the wrong moment for you. Um, so it's really interesting to see how you've, how you've coped with that and, and, and where you're going. Um, I, I, I wonder if you can give us a, a quick um, synopsis of, of, um, of, of your early life. Um, well, um, basically, I, I come from Venezuela. I, um, I was born in Caracas. And, um, and yeah, I, I begin my studies in the Sistema uh, in Venezuela, which is a bass-funded orchestral pedagogic system that was started in 1975 by Jose Antonio Abreu, quite globally famous at the moment. And um, when I was very little... Uh, at the age of 12, my mom kind of found it difficult to find me to do any extracurricular activities. So she tried many things like put me like in swimming, doing sports stuff. I even did taekwondo for a bit, which didn't work because I'm not very sporty. And at the end, I, you know, she heard about the system. So I started studying music, I started my early career there at the age of uh, 13. Uh, I... Started the nucleus and I was singing in Caracas. I, I first began playing the trombone, funny enough. And then, <laughs> because it was kind of big for me. So I then, after a few months, I swapped to the bassoon, which is not precisely smaller, but it was what was available at the moment, at the time. And then, well, everything went for that. Fabulous. So, so it was, was there anything that drew you to the bassoon, or was it just that you were, one was thrown at you? I was kind of like struggling a little bit with the trombone, and I did want to swap to another instrument. So one day I was uh, walking through the corridor of the school and I hear these sounds coming out from the room. And then I just feel very curious and knock the door. And so like, uh, oh, what instrument is that? And I'm like, no, this is the bassoon. And it was the bassoon teacher teaching another student, which he ended up being my teacher as well. And um, it's like, can I come in? And then like, I just was fascinated with the low register of the instrument, which you know, is very nice. And, so, so for us over in the UK, El Sistema sometimes is an organisation that we don't know an awful lot about. It's a youth orchestra, it's a youth uh, education service, it's, it's music education. Um, it's all rolled into one, isn't it? And it, it kind of culminates in the Simon Bolivar Orchestra. Yes, well, the El Sistema as an organisation is quite huge and uh, it, it has a huge variety of things going on inside. We, we have... The nucleus, which are the, the the school local schools are around and uh, around the cities in in Venezuela, um, where you have the first initial contact of music education, and so you will have children going from the age of uh, five till 
18 years old, happy music lessons there. Um, we have a variety of things, not only classical music, but also traditional Venezuelan music, uh, choirs as well going on. So, yeah, and the idea is like you provide, well, the system will provide all these for free, access to the instruments, access to the lessons for free funded by the state. And yeah, the, the vision of the organization is like uh, through music, you, you, you help to build up a better society. So, um, the, the more, uh, making this more democratic, not access to musical education. And I know this is quite like a, a bit different from what happened in the UK, for example, but you find that if you need to, to have access to music education, mostly it's private. Well, there is organizations as well that are doing work on changing these, these things. But, um, but yeah, basically it's, that's the mission of the, of the system. Something. And then you have inside the orchestras as well. Where like we have like the main one, which is the Simon Bolivar Orchestra, which is very famous and one that tour around the world. So I think what's what's incredible for many of us is that we don't realise quite how long this has been going on. I, I think it was 1975. Systema kind of kind of started. Yes, yes, but this has been a long journey in some sense. So 1975, a long time ago. And obviously, the success stories, uh, you know, many of them are very, very well known. The big one is is of course uh, Dudamel. Who, who talks about the, the fact that um, Sistema saved his life and music has saved his life and, and taken him out of, out of poverty, out of crime, out of, out of a, a different way of life, really. And he is he's now um, leading the way for music around the world. It's amazing to think that in, in this country we, we don't see it. We don't see music education as a right and there are many schools that don't have music teachers and don't have access to it. I, I wonder if, having come to the UK... Because um, I believe you arrived in in Manchester. That kind of change in culture, that change in approach for 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 life. How how did you find that? How how did you find kind of moving to to England, sunny Manchester from from Venezuela? How how did that kind of whole uh, process go for you? Um, well, for me, um, it was a huge change, of course. Um, when I left Venezuela, uh, it was in, in the first time was in in 2010. Basically, um, the the um, El Sistema as well organized master classes uh, when international uh, musicians has come to the master classes uh, for free as well. In the and then uh, um, one of the teachers that came around that time was Stefano Canotti, which is my teacher. I was very like uh, happy to do lessons with him and stuff, and then, like. I did auditions to go to study with him and I got scholarship and I went first to Spain to study in Zaragoza, in Spain, in the Conservatorio Superior de Aragón. And I did two years there. Then I did an audition in Anxiam to go to study there. And yeah, I got scholarship too. So that was, yeah, for me it was a huge change of the language, the culture, everything. Uh, nevertheless, like I had the best uh, years of, of my music education so far. I must say that was, was in there in Anxiam. And it was a it was a huge change. Uh, I have to learn how to be a bit more organized, I suppose. <laughs> uh, keep a diary, lot of lessons, lot of things. Plus the language barrier at the beginning was quite quite tricky. Josh could tell you a bit more about that. How at the beginning it was difficult to talk to him, and then <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it was it was it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It's a, it's a huge conference, of course, but. Um, I guess that uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it because it gives me a vision from, 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 from different worlds, different approaches. So it gives me a broader perspective of, of music making, music education. So, yeah. Um, so you've arrived in Manchester, you've, um, via Spain, um, you've coped with the weather. You, you've, you've completed, I, I believe, you know, quite a number of, of different uh, degrees at RNCM. 
uh, at the Northern, and then you're let loose on the world. What what was your kind of first uh, kind of big project that you were involved with? Well, I finished um, I finished my bachelor degree in 2016. Just by the end, I did an audition in Southbank uh, to do the Southbank Symphonia in London, uh, which I got, and then I did the fellowship in 2017. That probably was the first highlight of my uh, professional development in the UK. Southbank Symphonia is an amazing project. Um, I strongly recommend for people to apply. Uh, to it, um, um, they got the, the very robust uh, kind of like program throughout the year in which you are involved doing a lot of orchestral projects, give you a bit of a taste of what's uh, professional life in the UK. Um, this kind of like fast pace uh, to rehearsal concert and then next week, next day, the same thing, you know. <laughs> um, um, which I, I think that the culture of the rehearsals in continental Europe is a bit more, more like set up. That's something that I found. Uh, uh, around many people when I was studying in the RNCM, everyone that came from continental Europe, let's say Italy, Spain, they noticed that sometimes you just go like a rehearsal and that comes in a very difficult piece, which, you know, they find that like, oh, but, or sometimes no rehearsal at all and then boom, concert. Like kind of like in, in, in the fellowship, it gives you this kind of like taste of, of mission making. After that, after I finished uh, my fellowship, I did the artist diploma in the RNCM, went back to the RNCM, but doing the artist diploma, which is like the, the highest course in, 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 in performing that happened in the, in the college, in which I had the wonderful opportunity to play as a soloist with the BBC Philharmonic, which was very, very good. And after that, well, I went back to Venezuela for a few months uh, just to get um, my, my visa to come to stay here in the UK. Then I got a trial with uh, some orchestras, some of them were uh, RPO, uh, BBC Field as well, CBSO, and then I... Uh, Started to do free, freelance, freelance, lots of freelance work. One of the highlights as well in 2019, I could say, was uh, to play, start playing with Chinike. Chinike. I did a lot of concert with a lot of projects. A wonderful organization that trying to, to support people from uh, diverse uh, racial backgrounds. And then, like, it, the, the project they have, I think, is fantastic. The music making is great. So. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about Chinike, because it's a really fantastic organization. Um, and, and quite different to a number of projects that are out there at the moment. But they have Chiniki Juniors, for example. Well, like the, uh, I think that for me, if I, if I could think of the project, that's one of the biggest highlights, which is like they are providing like the platform to many people to you know to uh, from different social uh, uh, racial backgrounds to access to music education, which is absolutely uh, fantastic. I feel um, I feel very connected to it because you know I uh, um, uh, throughout my studies I've been. I've been supported by, by uh, different organizations and foundations that help me to cause my, my studies. Otherwise, it would be impossible for me to, to do that. And then when you see organizations like Chineke that are doing this, this, this wonderful work with uh, children, it's, it's great. And then like um, also also the, the Chineke Orchestra uh, or Chineke Chamber Group as well, they do wonderful music making, bringing new repertoire because, you know, always playing Beethoven. And there are so many composers as well uh, from uh, Black, Asian uh, composers uh, that they have been forgotten, you not know, being given the right platform. I think like it is time to, to do so as well. Yeah. Because sometimes people ask for new music. Nowadays, like, oh, we, we, we want to hear new, new, new music making, new composers, starting to listen the same. But what about those that have been forgotten as well and haven't been played in the past? We should bring them as well as a way to, as well, having something to refresh, something new, rediscovering uh, our own history of music making, I suppose. It's, it's a really important point, actually, that we just, we do, we go back to these, you know, kind of Mozart and Beethoven, as you say, quite a lot and, and we, we have obviously great composers but 
there are so many other people out there and it's really important that we, we play works from around the world, we play works from different cultures and it's a really important kind of project that Chinookie are, are, are bringing. You, you mentioned the Chinookie Juniors. Uh, how do you get involved with teaching people from uh, different backgrounds, black, Asian, minority, ethnic um, groups? How, how do you promote music within uh, those, those communities and, and, and get more, more people involved? Well, at the moment, no, I'm working only with Chinike. Uh, um, I'm as well involved with the Nuclear Project and ANOFA. National Orchestra School, and uh, in where um, these kind of like, you know, there are, these are, I would say that they're the three leading organizations. Of course, there are way more, of course, uh, that, that I could not get left behind, but at least that I am involved with are those three. Uh, for example, the Nuclear Project, he's uh, they're based in the Kennington area, and we have uh, an array of different kind of backgrounds and social minorities in the um, which uh, well, they're trying to emulate what El Sistema is doing in Venezuela, you know, because, for example, when I was in Venezuela, in, in the nuclear, you could be sitting in a rehearsal with people that came from a very posh area, some, some people that came from a deprived area, some people from the middle, you know, it didn't matter anything, you call a social status, uh, what did you have, what did you study, a part of the school, a part of the nuclear, no, no, the matter is just matter to the music making. I think that uh, that's trying. That's that's the beauty of it, isn't it? To try to get all this together. And for example, the nuclear project is doing an amazing work on that. Nova as well, trying to provide uh, music education for people with the that doesn't have the resources to do so. If you ask me, like how I ended up being in these places, to be fair, it was a bit matter of luck. For example, with the nuclear project. It was like a friend of mine tell me, look, they are looking for someone and I give your name. So everything went from there. For Nova, I applied for it. Chinefe uh, was a bit more of the same. No, I, you it, despite apply, you that, you know, probably you. You will think, probably you were thinking, oh, this guy came, from, uh, came to study from Venezuela and he ended up being, being involved with this project. But uh, to be fair, it wasn't something I looked for. It just happened to happen. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that you, you kind of grown up in the Sistema system over in Venezuela, you, you've come over here, and it, you know, actually, this is a very new thing to the UK, to, to have kind of Sistema-style projects in, in the UK is, is really, it's really exciting, really, really very uh, different for us. Um, Sistema Scotland's been going for a few years and is, is, is really getting some ground now, and, and you know, we've got artists like uh, Nicola Benedetti, um, involved and um, yeah, things really lifting it up, but it's it, it's really it's really exciting to see it happening in London, where where as as you say, you know, there, there's this huge a range of huge diversity there, and um, between people who definitely have the ability to afford lessons, and then there's some considerable poverty. So uh, Nucleo has been been set up for a few years. You've been involved with that for a while. Is that growing? Are we seeing more and more of these um, kind of Nucleo projects? appearing uh, around around the UK. Yeah, well, um, well, you have, um, because the nuclear project is kind of like a similar organization to what it's doing, like, for example, Big Noise in, in, in Scotland, in Harmony, or in Liverpool. So I, to be 100% honest, on, on, the, on, on the connection between those organizations, how, how, how connected are they? For example, for the one that I'm directly involved with, which is uh, nuclear, we actually are planning to expand from, from next year. There is exciting news about the, the organization. So watch out for the next year because uh, I think it's going to be very, very good news coming up 
And mm-hmm. I invite people also to have a look to the webpage just because there is a lot of interesting things over there. We get updated on the news. We can definitely throw a link in the bio for this, uh, for this episode. It, it'd be really fascinating to, to be able to read more and find out more about those projects. Um, I, I wonder if we can go back slightly um, to some of your work with Chinake. Can you give us a, an example, a, a name of a work that you've particularly enjoyed performing that we won't have heard of before? Well, in terms of music, I, I, I must say, like, uh, Coleridge Taylor, amazing composer, I never heard of it, and sadly, because, you know, a part, a part of the of now that it's been played here, never, never, never heard it. And uh, this is, I mean, I must say, for example, I, I've been playing Den on Earth quite a few times with, with, the, with the chamber ensemble in Chinica. And at the beginning, it, it was funny because there's something that you never heard of. And then, like, a piece of us like, I like this piece, I don't like it, but I must say, like, after, after the concert, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing music. And since then, it's just been growing on me. I think he was very young at the time he composed the net. I think he was around 17. And uh, you can tell as well in the kind of like the arrangements of the voices and things, uh, the moments and the colors he achieved is wonderful music. It's so good. It's so, so good. And, and that's the thing. You never heard of the composer. You're playing it and then like you try to look for for the for what other people were doing around the time and you find this this new voice this new way to to, to say things um, British as well you know it's, it's it's beautiful it's beautiful I strongly recommend to people to have a look to it it's beautiful piece beautiful music his 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 music is absolutely wonderful and it, it has a very particular sound I think as well and and it, it really does evoke that kind of turn of a century English writing but with there's something there's something else there as well um, which just makes you it, it, it's really gripping. It's 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 not Elgar. It's something completely different. Yeah, I, I love that you've just you know straight out um, come picked one of my favourites as well. So Andres, you've you've got quite a lot of work that's kind of been coming in over over a, a number of years, built up this portfolio of, of work. You know, huge huge amounts of playing coming in, uh, really exciting projects, and then 2020 hits, and of course everything kind of vanished didn't it overnight we 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 lost our uh, we lost our industry how have you coped with that change and how have you coped with the build as we come out of the pandemic well yeah for me actually it was very well i guess for many people it was horrible but taking talking in my my personal experience um it was kind of like a really sharp cut on my life because things were going really really well around that time I, i had an amazing schedule plan for, for, for a freelancer, I was for when you finish college like at the end of 2018 and then really start my, my freelance career in the UK from 2019 onwards. That year is when you start to do stuff, you know, build connections and start to know people. And both, and, and the beginning of 2020 was the year like, I managed to start to, to make like a solid thing. And I, I remember I was booked to do early January till, um, till July and then July beginning of August so, so already start to having an agenda already booked it was fantastic you know for half of a year that normally doesn't happen uh, and between also my teaching work and other things so, so it was an exciting year and then boom Corona came and then uh, all that vanished uh, all that I left was a bit of online work and teaching and then yeah so it was really really hard I must say like psychologically I, I actually went went to stay in, in Edinburgh during some part of it uh, and then I went to to visit my mom in Dominican Republic for a bit uh, when things started to open up because uh, playing wasn't open up, but at least tra- international travel was allowed, so I, I managed to go escape there for a few months. And yeah, it's been really a slow process to kind of recover from, from that as a freelance player. 
also like psychologically, you know, you are all the time practicing at home. So obviously you're practicing in a small room. So then when you start to have the first concept inside, it's difficult to judge the dynamics and all these things. And because, you know, you're always practicing in a small room and like now you have to be in a big hall and all these things. And I mean, it's like it becomes new again for you. And yeah, well, it's just speaking of it very, very slowly, but it's going well. And have you got any tips for people who are in, in a similar position? Well, just start to email people, reach out, make sure people is, know that you are here. In, in my case, I'm still trying to do so. Uh, because actually I have a couple of people that texting me, hey, I don't know if you're in the country, but I wonder if you could do this. And I was like, no, I'm here. So then people doesn't know that you're around. So you just need to let them know you're here, changing with a little, a bit of message, a bit of email here and there. And, um, Big news, Andres is around. Book him quick while yeah, he's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Hello. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just just reach out. Um, I must say I need to get better with social media. Um, I'm a very good uh, fan of, of, of posting stuff, so I need to like start to do that more often. That will be my advice, not only for people, but for myself. It's difficult sometimes yeah, to, put, to, to decide whether to put stuff or not, you know. Just like, well, I have, I have a really good experience yesterday, actually. I went to listen to the Mahler Chamber Orchestra. They were here, here in the Southern Center yesterday. Wonderful concert with Miss Uvozida. And funny enough, um, two years ago, on the third, because, you know, I got this app on my phone that uh, remind me, uh, Google Photos, so it, it tells you, oh, two years ago, you this, you were doing this, and then show you the photos you take. You know? So on the 31st of 2019, 31st of January, Misuho came with the Mahler Chamber to do sort of the Saxon program. Well, not the Saxon program, but she was doing most of the concertos, and the Mahler Chamber was playing the pieces. Yesterday, it was completely full, the whole, the pie was amazing, and for the first time in two years and it felt like oh well, getting back to normal you know so that was a really like um, cheerful and hopeful experience because you feel like, okay it's coming it's coming we're getting back we're getting back well Andrew, thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today I, I can't wait to hear more about the nuclear project and how it's going to get bigger and, and go wider as you say, news coming very soon. So that, yeah. that'll be fa- fantastic. I hope we can get you back when that happens um, and find out how it's going. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Big thanks to both Andres and Peter for that interview. All of the links to the Nucleo project and both the Samuel Coleridge Taylor and Zelenka are in the bio of this episode. I thought I'd just take this opportunity to thank all of you who attended our Easter concerts at Aysgarth and Skipton. We've got a couple of snippets that I'm hoping we might be able to share with you on a future episode. We do have a summer course in the diary, so if you know any young musicians, please spread the word as we head to Wentworth Castle in late August for the first time. We'll also be running a series of online masterclasses this summer, so please keep across our social media and our mailing list for the most up-to-date details, which will drop next month. In the meantime, have a lovely Easter weekend and hopefully see you soon. Bye.